welcome everybody back to Say What Needs Saying. Brandon's joining me, and he is Woo! he, and he is not the only one right now. We've also got David and Muhammad from the Ask an Iranian podcast. Thank you guys hey, so much for joining us, everyone. Yeah, no, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. So as as I said, we're talking about censorship today. We're talking about censorship, su- suppression of opinions, self censorship. Uh, cancel culture, all sorts of stuff, and I'm excited to talk about it. Brandon, what about you? What do you think about this topic? I mean, it's such a permeable uh, discussion point. Like, no matter where you go, no one's even allowed to give a real perspective or a real opinion because they're worried about what the next person's going to say or people are at least being more, um, I guess, aware of what they type now. So to, to think that's only an American-based thing, will be such an American-based concept. So internationally, I'm sure this is also um, a topic of discussion, and that's what brought us here. Yeah. No, it'll be really cool to get uh, a different perspective, you know, someone from a different country, because you hear enough about cancel culture in America, and it's an important topic for sure. But, you know, it's it'll be cool to get the the perspective from a different country, right, especially one that clearly throughout the years um, – the U.S. and Iran have had in a touchy relationship, right? And so there's been mm. censorship on both sides, I'm sure. And so I, I guess I'll just turn it over to you guys and let you kind of jump in and see, sure. you know, give some general thoughts about censorship in Iran. Sure. Yes, well, definitely. It is a sort of hot topic and, a, and an evolving topic, censorship and probably subsequently self-censorship uh, in some ways. And it's been a topic that has sort of evolved um, within the last few shows that we've done, the last few episodes that we've had. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we've got a bit to talk about there. And as you point out, yes, of course, there's been a bit of a touchy uh, relationship with America and Iran over the years, over the uh, sort of last four decades. Mm. And um, Mohammed and I, we run Ask an Iranian uh, podcast. And uh, after we record, we look at one another and say, what the hell did we just say? And like, oh my God, are they going to kill us? You know, what, which one of these items are they going to kill us for mm-hmm. sooner? Yeah, uh, is uh, is normally how it goes down. So, um, but oddly enough, uh, recently with the, uh, the last couple of episodes that we've had, we've been a bit more concerned about the content for outside of Iran, which is perverse. Yeah. We never thought that we'd be sort of more worried about uh, getting sort of cancelled or uh, having issues outside uh, of the country. So, Mohammed, I think I've kind of summarized that predicament and, and why we sort of wanted to discuss that today. Yeah, so probably we're going to disappoint you a little bit because uh, you want to have a perspective from a different country, but we're all uh, working on the Internet and uh, right. anything on the Internet on cyberspace is America-centric. So. Uh, kind of whatever goes down in America that kind of reflects on all of us. But um, then again, our experiences is kind of different with censorship. We speak more freely on the Internet. We are uh, still employable in our country because of the, not, because nobody actually listens to the podcast. And uh, <laughs> yes. there, is, there are not many uh, people of certain sets of ideologies to go and uh, avidly listen to our podcasts or what we release and look for things that we said mm-hmm. and uh, that is going to be a good grounds for canceling us so we're less worried in that uh, respect but then again uh, we know that we might at some point have some trouble with the authorities and we might have to explain a lot of stuff at some point 
So inevitably, uh, we have to censor ourselves. We have to censor our podcast in different ways. And uh, when you live in this country, this region, uh, you get used to self-censorship quite early in your life. Your grandmother tells you you cannot say that. If you say that, God mm -hmm. will do this and that to you or take, like, take to help or a lot of stuff. And we're not only talking about blasphemy, we're also talking about, like, if you want to complain about your teacher, you might go to hell according to your grandma. Mm -hmm. So um, it, I'm pretty sure it uh, differs from person to person, the experiences. But all in all, since we uh, start going out of the family, parents tell us that we shouldn't talk to strangers about what we talk in our homes. Yes, so just to add to that, Mohammed, we, uh, we sort of somehow jokingly sort of had a hashtag of free Ask an Iranian on our uh, profiles in, in, in places, just to sort of, uh, a bit tongue-in-cheek as, as a way to sort of suggest, yeah, sometimes we are crossing the line. And we hope it remains a joke forever. Right. Yeah, your guys' thing is, what, free Ask an Iranian is your running hashtag before you need it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hopefully that will never trend. Yeah, no, for sure. So we talked briefly about it, but why don't you tell people a little bit about what your podcast is about? You know, why is it that you guys are a little afraid of being canceled or being censored or being, you know, controlled or what have you um, for, for what you're talking about? And, you know, what is it about those topics that you think make it unacceptable to talk about? Sure. Well, uh, what we normally do is we uh, try and tackle Iranian culture. But also, we also get the Iranian take on things, and uh, through our Instagram, we often get um, a lot of our Iranian listeners to also give feedback on stuff. And the, sub uh, the subject matter is often very lighthearted, just sort of uh, sort of behavioral things, language uh, differences, uh, and whatnot. But recently, uh, I think three episodes ago, we did an episode on names, Iranian names, and we got feedback from uh, a friend of the show who uh, explained how her, her name, she had to change her name when she went to England and her sister needed to change her name for completely different reasons because her name is Negar and mm. that could be misconstrued and she was told that other people would potentially be upset about that. So um, she used a certain racial slur uh, within her explanation of that when we got that and we weren't sure quite how we would present that on the podcast, whether, you know, because she was paraphrasing somebody else and had no intent to be upsetting anyone uh, with that. So it was like, okay, do, is it fine in that capacity to just use someone's quotation uh, to describe a scenario even though there's no intent? Uh, and then for Mohammed and I, it was like a huge topic. Like, okay, we know the area of Iran and we know how to sort of you know, we know where the lines are. We know what mm -hmm. not to say. Again, a lot of it centers around blasphemy uh, right. or criticizing certain groups or organizations uh, somehow linked in some uh, capacity to that. I don't know. It, it just sort of felt a bit weird to what, what to do with that specific scenario. I was going to jump in and say, I don't think in regards to you guys trying to explain yourselves um, or explain the situation that there would be a need to worry about the cancellation concept over it, the con cancellation aspect of it. Because you're literally trying to explain something, at least objectively and even almost slightly seriously, 
to you know say why this person had to change their name, there should be, there shouldn't be any logical backlash in that frame of reference because they understand how this came about, why this is on this podium, and why this is on this platform. Like things like that shouldn't be where the lines will be crossed. It's especially okay. Let's let's go back maybe in the nineties. If someone were to say you know. I like okay. American books was it? Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Like, like the N words uh-huh. in there, and you know, they don't necessarily stop saying mm-hmm. it. Certain schools don't have it anymore because of instances like that. But that book has been around since forever, and it was it was a piece of dialogue used in a fictional book. So that's why it was kept. So in your in your case, it's more objective. It's not necessarily slanderous or meant to cause any form of ill intent. Sure. Just, you know, just being objective. So things like that. But I completely understand that perspective I was trying to, you know, skate the line, especially you guys are pretty much an international podcast. Sure. Mm. So, yeah, we, we thought that it would be an interesting lead into our next episode, which became about uh, how Iranians censor themselves. Now, we have uh, a lot of sort of anecdotes about uh, that. I work in advertising, so I'm very familiar with the type of restrictions that, uh, I mean, every country has restrictions for advertising for obvious reasons and for good reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in Iran, we have quite a few more, and I often get into conversations about what restrictions are in place. So uh, the next episode became a little bit about that. And then also we discussed about uh, how Iranians themselves censor themselves in front of their family. And then we got onto the subject of the previous show when we were like, okay, so we censored ourselves on the previous show and how do we feel about that? I don't know if Mohammed wants to bail me out at any point here <laughs> to, or I'm digging myself a grave on this subject. Well, I want to point uh, a couple of things out although we uh, know there are lines there are lines that are risky to cross in our country but then again there are many lies lines there are several lines and uh, of course we go about everything with humor and mm-hmm. humor itself yeah. in Iran can be uh, interpreted as insult or disrespect Interesting. Okay. so it is kind of something that you're always walking on eggshells here mm-hmm. and uh, either you have to be brave crazy or very knowledgeable of everybody's uh, feelings and uh, cultural backgrounds, the religious beliefs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Going well, back to your point, I mean, because you, uh, because you, Brandon, said that logically that shouldn't be an issue. That specific thing should be an issue. The problem is it doesn't really work uh, like that. It is yeah, not exactly. logic that is in play here. It is uh, people. Uh, feel entitled to shutting other people up because they feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because emotional. in any scenario, you walk this earth, there is a noise you're going to make that is unpleasant to someone or something. So, it, I mean, you hurt my feeling. I want you to uh, not do that. That being an action or something you say, something you're wearing. And uh, the next step would be like maybe for a different reason somebody else doesn't like some other thing you do or a collective uh, a collective of us we don't like i don't know uh the way you style your hair Mm -hmm. that leads into a group entitling themselves dictating to you how to talk how to dress how to behave what to write going all the way to what you can watch on tv what websites you can see on the internet. Now, what we, books you can read. And now, uh, welcome to our country. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, I, and I get it. But my, my question now to you, because I know, Zach, you, you have a point you're going to bring up. 
my question um, on your end is, would you say that you skate the line in regards to embracing it or you kind of respect it and keep yourself at a distance from that line? Because I would say, say what we need saying, we try our best to, you know, know what the water feels like on the other side. Like we, we, we kind of don't mind kissing the edge a bit. Yeah, well, uh, as, as we said in one of our recent episodes, Mohammed and I have what we call in Persian a kerm, which means a worm, which means uh, we tackle that sort of uh, situation by dancing on those lines mm-hmm. and uh, having fun with them. I mean, if you listen to our show, you'll hear that we sort of do mocking trigger warnings or we do right. sort of funny... We, we in, we always sort of try and add as many gender pronouns as possible <laughs> when we're talking about people. Mohammed and I refer to ourselves as Persian girls. Uh, we do identify uh, as Persian time. girls. Actually, one of our episodes, we actually contacted. Uh, we wanted to see how much of uh, how much you could get by in Tehran by talking English only, by right. by requesting services and help. So what we did was we called around, and gradually, the throughout the recordings, it turned into Mohammed and uh, my wedding plans we said we were going to get married and we wanted to order two dresses to come in from italy yeah yeah and then we said we wanted to send all the invites to our friends to come and join us and then we wanted a stag party uh oh we tried to hire a private jet for a all male gay bachelor's (laughs) party on this island in the gulf so so that's probably an example of how we dance upon the line in in the we are uh, sort of recording ourselves arranging a uh, gay wedding in uh, Iran uh, by talking English with various uh, various people. Uh, and as I say, we always refer to ourselves as Persian girls. But it's it's I, th- I think that's kind of important. The I guess the reason I myself do it uh, that worm inside me, the kerm, as we say, is I think it, I think there's a necessity to push back uh, in this what seems to be a power game. Uh, going on here and, and what I've witnessed and I'm sure you guys have seen a uh, similar scenario in America but I watch a lot of British comedy and I've seen the cleansing of comedy happen over time to the point where comedians can't get work uh, there's no platforms for them they're, they're retrospectively being cancelled and stuff and it's just mm-hmm. they're sort of complying I, and I guess because they, they can't afford not to I guess well they're losing the work now so they actually can't afford to not push back uh, mm-hmm. against it we thankfully don't uh, make make any money out of what we do so uh, yeah. Uh, yeah we're just sort of we're having uh, fun with it actually it's interesting do, do you guys yourself find yourself uh, sort of bowing in some way to uh, cancel culture or, or some sort of cleaning <laughs> cleansing of comedy a lot less than I did at the beginning of the podcast. At the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. I caught myself, Brandon caught myself a lot. Brandon caught me, rather, a lot, just censoring myself, you know, holding back on my, my views and holding back on what I'm actually talking about. Um, because, yeah, that, that fear is there, right? And I have had people in my close circles, in my graduate program, in my, you know, immediate vicinity, quote unquote cancel me or stop talking to me because of certain things we've talked about right and so that it's mm-hmm. there right and so the the reason that I think I wanted to talk yeah. about this stuff is because I think a lot of people don't see that a lot of people see the egregious examples sure. where it is a, a ridiculously racist sexist you know piece of trash human being that is then using cancel culture as as their you know, as their scapegoat for why people aren't talking to them, right? Why people aren't associating with them or whatever, you know? And I think that there's a disconnect between those kinds of, even those kinds of examples, right? We can get into why or why not it's actually, you know, okay or not okay to to write someone off based on that stuff. 
But, you know, I think that the little yeah. cases like these are the ones that are scary, right? We So one example I'll bring up really briefly, and then, Brandon, I'll kick it over to you to talk about him bowing to the, to the mob. But one example, we had a conversation about Kyle Rittenhouse, and we had a conversation about whether or not it was self-defense and whether or not, you know, it was criminal, et cetera, et cetera. And that one was one that, I got pushback. I don't know about Brandon. I, I won't speak for him, but I got pushback for some people for even allowing the platform for people to discuss the possibility that it was self-defense, that mm-hmm. even even that was too much to the point where it was it it sullied the view of the podcast yeah, in their minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm the asshole, I guess. But, you know, so I think with that stuff, it's it's important to not bow down more, I think, on the little things than it is on the big things, because the big <laughs> things, you know, we can all more or less agree that, OK, there's certain things that we can't or shouldn't or whatever say. And, you know, I'm not about to jump on the podcast screaming the N word just because, well, I, you know, screw you and screw cancel culture, but I'll get on and talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. So no, I think I used to bow a little more to to cancel culture in that. Um, I think I've gotten a little better, a little more outspoken since doing the podcast. Uh, Brandon, what about you? You know, to everyone that, I feel like Zach by now knew how I was going to enter this conversation by that first, um, by that entrance. But to everyone that tried to cancel Zach, even for having the platform, yo, kiss my ass. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, in the the very beginning, I was telling Zach, and we were talking about topics, and we have such a powerful name. I would say, Zach, I'm going out on a limb. Walk with me there. There's a level of safety that minorities have in America. Because you're with me, there's only a certain level that I will allow you to go to in a certain level that I can kind of bail you out. So you have this room. I'm like your own personal referee. It's like Tom Brady and the refs versus a team. Like I'm with you on this. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a level, there's a difference between, you know, the cancel culture, like the things around cancel culture and then tolerance. So I can make, I can step out on a limb on many, many, many topics, but to come off sounding intolerant, then there opens up the room for me to be like, okay, so I, and a lot of it comes through being aware or being ignorant. I brought on someone who went to jail in 2002, for example, um, and they didn't speak to anyone. The things that they will be able to say then, now, will be, would blow people out the water. Like, one thing I was talking to my girlfriend, like, what happened to the word sissy? Because mm, growing up, yeah. you used to hear the word, you know, I used to hear the word sissy all the time. You can't say that now. You don't even know why you can't say it. Isn't, and you ever heard anybody say, you know what, that's a, that's a bad, it's not necessarily a bad word, but, you know, the F word was used very predominantly at the time. You know, a lot of a lot of intolerant words that affected many different demographics of people have been, I guess, suffering in silence. And this new era of technology that allows us to open up this platform uh, kind of gives everyone a voice. Those individuals who are affected still can, uh, hopefully, can still take, you know, levels or aspects of humor but for me, it's just a level of tolerance. And I want Zach to always err on the side of edgy because I'll, I'll <laughs> save him. Or if not, we both go down in Titanic together. You know what I mean? So let, let's jump on that for a minute. I, I was just going to talk about a specific <laughs> uh, moment when we were actually preemptively canceled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you remember. No, actually, um, I was going to point that out as well. Because I got to say, uh, before David continues uh, with the story, that our podcast doesn't have a sociopolitical agenda. 
-hmm. We have socio-political opinions. We have ideologies as per as people, mm -hmm. but we don't have a political agenda when it comes to our podcast. We want to be heard, and we want everybody to be able to be on our podcast to be heard as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, so we did an episode where we rep responded to the tweet of God, if you're familiar with the handle, the Twitter handle, yeah. <laughs> uh, who made some comment about an Iranian who liked Trump. And uh, I thought it'd be kind of funny to add a questionnaire underneath saying, do Iranians support Trump uh, or not? And uh, we got an overwhelming response, like 45,000 impressions, and I think 15,000 votes uh, we got on that. And it was overwhelmingly in favor of Trump. So we thought it would make an interesting episode. Uh, and yeah, again, as Mohammed points out, we've got our ideas about things. Mohammed and I disagree in huge ways. All the time. And <laughs> we argue a lot about those things. <laughs> but uh, this kind of rubbed some people up the wrong way. And we wanted to uh, interview a person that runs a hostel in Iran and also runs a very large Facebook group uh, well. And I said, oh, we'd like to go there and do a show with you guys. And they're like, oh, sorry, we don't share the same socio-political uh, beliefs. I don't think it's a good idea. Good luck. You know, I believe agenda was the word. Agenda was so, the word, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was a bit sort of gobsmacked. I was like, what, what, where have you <laughs> seen anywhere that, we've had, that we have a socio-political agenda? And they're like, well, your Trump show. I was like, okay, you clearly haven't listened to the Trump show. <laughs> right. You might understand what we think about that, uh, mm. those things. So it's kind of annoying to get preemptively cancelled in that respect. Oh, but uh, actually, that was uh, hitting the reality head first for us. I mean, so uh, you talk about American problems not being our problems wouldn't be valid in any way. So we have the uh, issues you have about your politics mm -hmm. with our mm -hmm. uh, fellow citizens. Later on, I heard from uh, our American friends that they were actually suspecting that we are a couple of conservative whatevers because mm -hmm. we dared to put a picture of Trump with American flag on our website. Apparently, uh, things are different in California, too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I... I have the unfortunate uh, problem of, of not particularly caring too much about mm. Trump, uh, which is a big problem because I should absolutely hate him, according <laughs> to everyone around me. And the fact that I don't hate him is continually causing me problems. And it's a similar situation with Brexit uh, as well, because I'm a bit on the fence about that myself, and that's not good enough uh, for most of the, most of the people <laughs> I know. And annoyingly, both of those uh, scenarios happened around the same time and have continued and, and I don't know, it's, I still am having to defend Trump, I guess, to, to a degree. I'm not, you know, defend myself, say I say. Again. But um, again, not that I particularly care about the guy, but it's, but it's like, oh, hang on a minute, the subject isn't necessarily like that, but it, it gets, gets me into a bit of a pickle. Um, um, it sometimes isn't about like liking or hating Trump, supporting him, whatever, whatever. It's uh, about, as you say, not bowing any further. And, uh, I'm not sure what lines are there anymore because I stopped looking. It seems there's new ones every Sometimes day. <laughs> to just self-censor uh, because of decency. I mean, mm -hmm. if I see that you are uh, not feeling good about something I say, I might or might not uh, refrain from saying that. Right. All right, that's perfectly understandable. I might be a decent person. I might be a provocative person. But um, then again, the way I think about it is that like, I come to your house and you do not allow me to say something or do something that is totally acceptable, I can leave anytime I want. Sure. 
But like you come to my domain, you come to my house, and you tell me how to talk, how to behave. That is totally unacceptable. I think. Right. I mean, like that is a that is a the simplest analogy I can yeah, like uh, compelled speech, come up I with. Guess, is... Like compelled mm -hmm. speech. Yeah. Yes. Well, Zach, didn't you have a little fun, a little interaction in regards to this conversation? Can you can you enlighten those who are listening, or if I can, if you want me to introduce it on our end? Matter of fact, fuck Zach's sentence right now. We were on Facebook in the Say What He's Saying world. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Say What He's Saying, on Twitter, Say What Needs. And someone posted and said, people these days call it, quote-unquote, cancel culture. I always called it accountability. Now, Zach, <laughs> you tell me, how did that go down? Yeah, so, so I want to, I'll preface this by saying that this guy has been, on, you know, this person's been on the podcast before, we've had great conversations with them, so I'm not trying to shit on the person themselves, just the ideas that they hold. <laughs> um, because, you know, I think that that is the example of lumping together all of the little cases with all of these egregious exceptions to what is actually cancel culture. He said that it was accountability. Um, my My take is that when people hold that view, it's because they're only thinking of a couple examples of quote-unquote cancel culture, or at least what is claimed to be cancel culture. Um, later, after we were t talking for a little while longer, a couple examples came out. I think there are absolutely cases where people need to be held accountable for things that they do or things that they say, because, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how things work, right? If something isn't illegal, then usually the condemnation for it comes from societal condemnation or, or you know, people choosing not to associate with you, people choosing not to hire you, etc. And so there is an element of accountability in the root, in the core of cancel culture. But I think when you start getting to examples like what we've been talking about, where you get to examples of people simply talking about Trump or simply talking about you know, a particular idea or belief and that getting them canceled, that's where it gets more to the lines of, like you said, controlled or suppressed speech and, you know, where it's just no longer okay to talk about certain things. So I, I think it's dangerous. The reason that I went on a bit of a, a spiel in the, on the status is because I think it's important to distinguish between those, right? It's important to distinguish between the cases where you are just you are doing a societally accepted to be bad thing and then you reap the benefits of that, right? And that happens. Places get boycotted and, and you know, people get fired from jobs and things. And But at a certain point, when ideas just become not okay to hold, when it shifts from the, the person to the ideas themselves being canceled, then, yeah, I think it's dangerous and it leads to, like you said, stifling of, of speech and expression. But anyway, mm -hmm. that was that was the gist of what we were talking about. I don't want yeah, ex excellent point. Yeah, I don't want to spend too too terribly long on it. I wanted to kick it back over to you guys. Just give you one last chance to say sure. what needs saying about censorship or about you know any of this cancel culture in Iran or on the internet or in America, um, and then drop some plugs. You know where do we find you on Twitter? Where do we find your podcast? Things like that. So yeah, go ahead. Floor's yours and absolutely we'll go there. So I guess uh, for what needs saying, I guess, as you put it yourself, in a sense, an, an amount of tolerance and uh, understanding of not being a big C word uh, <laughs> is, is probably how I might summarize that, Mohammed. Uh, I would say 
something along the same lines. Be decent and uh, go think about your moralities. Take a look around you and uh, see what civilization you live in. And uh, if you want to say anything, just think about it for the time you, you want to be held accountable. You got to be held accountable. Do you, do, you, do you back it up? Can you back it up? Or you just got to say you're sorry. So, yeah. and, and, and probably I might add, when, when these things start to become sort of compelled speech, or at least head in the direction of these things becoming uh, um, written down or, or behaviors that must be sort of um, adhered to in a certain way, then, then you start to take a step in the direction of where we're currently sat. And uh, think long and hard about that. Yeah, and uh, no matter what kind of ideology you have, it never ends up well when you give uh, too much power in terms of censorship and probably other stuff to the governments. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just quick, and we haven't got enough time for it. I'm thinking about tolerance, and, and sometimes <laughs> I wonder whether the extreme sort of tolerance in the is always something that I've grown up around. I always find the UK a very tolerant place. Uh, a lot of people disagree, but uh, sometimes I wonder whether the tolerance is starting to sort of in itself start to fold on itself and be mm -hmm. detrimental to the place. That's a topic for another time. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue on and leave you guys with a plug. You, we are Ask an Iranian. We have a weekly podcast. Uh, it's kind of humorous interviews, uh, explanations about the culture and weird behavior of Iranians. So check us out. Uh, just type Ask an Iranian anywhere online. You're likely to get hold of us. Mohammed, what have I missed? Uh, well, go to askaniranian.com forward slash connect. You will basically find any platform that we're on and uh, hit us with your questions. Yeah, send us questions. We need more content. We need more questions. So send those along. And thank you very much for having us. Thank you very much for bearing with our ramblings. Yeah. I stole um, yeah, Jamie's right. podcast. Yeah, no, thank you guys <laughs> so much for joining us. And while we have you, we'll just get a quick one-sentence answer from both of you. We got a comment in the <clears throat> on, on social media for you guys. And I figured I'd get a quick one-sentence answer, one or two-sentence answer from each of you. What is your opinion on Gina Carano and Disney? Disney firing Gina Carano. I followed the story for a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, sounds like sounds like everybody can have their pronouns uh, unless they're conservative or humorous. And so unfortunate for her in the, at the beginning, but I'm uh, I'm thinking it's more unfortunate for Disney. Apparently, a lot of people are canceling their Disney Plus memberships. So, but she is getting job offers left and right from, from right. conservative media, I guess. But uh, then again, sorry, sorry, no, uh, that is unfair. What happened to her? I mean, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't need to go through the story at, mm -hmm. at least the way I know it. But uh, even if she compared something that is happening in the states right now to to the Holocaust, uh, it's not cancelable. Like beep up boop. I mean, as a gender pronoun, I mean, I don't really know how, uh, like, thin-skinned you got to be right. to be offended by that joke from somebody who is giving you a humorous Star Wars reference and uh, whatever thing she said about the elections. But then again, like, the, the, the most, the, the funniest thing is there, that, that is there, is that people accused her of detrimenting Jews. I mean, I don't know how she did that, but when it comes to Holocaust, Disney doesn't. Disney has a problem, or Lucas Art has a problem with her comparing something with Holocaust or detrimenting Jews or disrespecting Jews or whatever. They don't have a problem with getting 
a lot of Chinese money. Uh, I'm sorry, I know we're going to wrap it up, but <laughs> the closest thing that is happening to the Holocaust is actually happening right now in China. Right. It's true. Yeah. And someone spoke out. Someone's actually didn't one of the um the from Mulan, the one of the stars spoke out on it and it was like he had a huge backlash. <laughs> oh right. I, I didn't hear about that, but uh I'm pretty sure that's my next read. So <laughs> Well Jen's my two bobs worth is uh well obviously I don't listen to women, so I've got nothing to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I actually I, I haven't been following the story unfortunately, so uh, uh I don't have too much to say about that. But yeah, what he said, what mine is it. No worries. Yeah, no, happy to that get you guys. That is one of the few times that David is backing me up. <laughs> yeah. Miracle. One of the few times. Unity is found on Say What Needs Saying. I'm happy to happy to get you guys' <laughs> opinion on it. And, you know, yeah, no, Thank Disney you. being upset about the, the Holocaust references. Just wait till they meet Walt Disney. But outside of that, uh, we'll call it a wrap there. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Hopefully we'll have more of these segments in the future. <clears throat> That's David Thank and you. Mohammed from the Ask an Iranian podcast. Go check their stuff out. Okay, Thank you very much. You. Take care. <laughs> Take care.